All right. Uh, in, in our culture, we have a general distrust for leadership in our culture uh, today that it, it kind of stems, it does stem from uh, our leaders uh, um, uh, doing things to, to uh, hinder that trust uh, in us. But, but really, by and large, that's the vast majority or minority of leaders that we end up seeing on the news and stuff that, 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 that erode away at that trust. And being a soccer referee, uh, I understand uh, just the distrust of leadership. Like, I, had, I was on a U-12 boys game on Friday night. U-12. So, 12 and under, mostly 11-year-old boys, all right? I think most parents think one or two things. I am there to screw their child over, like, on the field. Or, two, like, I am, have some sort of parlay bet on, this, on the over-under on the game. And then I'm just out on the take for this bet. Like, like they just have this general distrust like on friday night i have to, i had to remind a parent that they uh that 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 the chance to see their son play is a privilege and not a right that their provocative and personal comments toward the officials was not going to be tolerated just a general distrust of leadership in this culture unless you're the leader right then then you trust then, then you trust the leader but see, this begins to bleed over in our relationship with God. We distrust the end game of our leaders. So then we distrust the end game of God himself. So what's God's end game? We're concluding this series called Tainted Love. We're taking a look at the, at the story of Hosea and Gomer. Hosea was an Old Testament prophet. Just think Old Testament preacher. And God had a majestic plan for his life. Go marry a prostitute. Woohoo! Yeah, right? Like, get that in a vision, right? And, and so Hosea did. Hosea went and married Gomer. They had three kids. Well, actually, most scholars think that they had one kid, and then she went and cheated on Hosea through prostitution again, and then had two more kids. But God told Hosea, go back and rescue her from prostitution give everything you have to win her back to buy her back out of the slavery that she's in and he did and this was a living parable of what uh, uh, of the relationship god wants to have with his people and with us today about how he wants us to recognize the sin that's in our life and what it's doing to us and what is doing to break the relationship that we're supposed to have with God. And He wants to redeem us. That He has given everything. He has pushed all His chips into the center of the table and said, I will give everything to redeem you out of the slavery of sin. But He doesn't just redeem us and then leave us as an orphan. He restores that relationship with us. But, as we continue to turn our backs on Him, how He seals the relationship is through righteousness. He showers down righteousness on our life to seal that relationship and transform our lives from the inside out. But what's His end game? Why does He do this? Can He be trusted? In Hosea chapter 6, we see the answer to this question. And we're going to throw the scriptures up on the screen. You can follow along in the Bible app, in the event uh, section of the Bible app. If you want to return to these verses, you need to save that uh, in the Bible app. 
Uh, also, you can find uh, a Bible in our app, or you can, you can click through under resources uh, to the event in the Bible app uh, through, through our own app at Crosspoint. But Hosea chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us, and He will heal us. He has wounded us, and He will bind up our wounds. And maybe you say, wait a minute, right there. That's why God can't be trusted. If He tears us, if He wounds us, how can we trust God? Well, here's what's at play. Just like God set in motion laws of physical Uh, Laws of the physical realm, what goes up must come down, right? The law of gravity. He has set into motion laws of of the spiritual realm as well. When we sin, which we all have, that produces death. It produces destruction. It produces wounding and healing. And so here, Hosea, and actually God through Hosea is saying, yes, I have wounded you, but it's to get your attention. It's to get you to realize that your sin takes you away from me into death and destruction. But I am the only one to do anything about it. I'm the only one to actually heal you. This is what makes Jesus different than any religious leader. What other religious leader went to a cross to die for you? None. Absolutely none. That's what makes him different. See, he doesn't want to make good people better. That's not his end game. Here's his end game. He will revive us after two days. And on the third day, he will raise us up so that we can live in his presence. See, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus, but even more than that, this is a foreshadowing of how, how in Christ we will be resurrected as well. Let us strive to know the Lord. His appearance is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring showers that water the land. What's God's end game? He wants to revive us from the dead. He wants to revive us from death. See, he doesn't want to make make good people better. He wants to make dead people alive. He wants to completely transform our life. He wants to completely transform our heart. And he does that by bringing us back to life. See, in our sin, it's, it's like being in the dark. It's like being groping around in the dark and not knowing where we're going. And when we come to faith in Jesus, it's like that, 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 that sunrise that comes up over the horizon. And that first ray of light that comes through and shines through in the darkness is, is like the light that He wants to shine in our souls when we, trans, when we transform from death to life that he wants to, he wants to revive us to make us alive again. And it's like being... In the, middle of the, in, in the middle of a drought in the middle of the summer. Three, four, five weeks without rain. And on that July summer day when we get that afternoon shower, you can almost watch the brown grass turn green, can't you? Why? Because that shower revives that grass. This is what God wants to do in our life. And see, those of us that, the longer we've been in church and around this church thing, 
the more we struggle with living life that Jesus meant instead of just following after the rules. See, Jesus promised an abundant life. Jesus promised an eternal life. Way more than, than, than it's spending eternity in heaven. He wants you to have an eternal life now. Think of it this way. He wants you to have an infinity life. To infinity and beyond. Those of you Pixar kids, people. He wants to give us an abundant, eternal, infinity life. Have you scraped the surface of that life? I know I haven't. I know that He is trying to shape me and mold me and, and, and make me realize that He is life. He is the water that will never run dry. He is the bread that will all, always satisfy. And how do I live this life according to His life and not according to the rules? See, recently, he's, he's, he's tried to cut me off from the idol of productivity and results, of looking good because of the results. He's trying to cut me off from that idol that turns me on by, by, by taking me another direction and teaching me that, that my life, my abundant life, is only in Him. Do you want that life? As a Christian, do you know what that life even looks like? He's promised it. If He's promised it, then we can grab onto God's lapel and say, I want this right here. I don't want the rules. I want life. Another way, another thing that is His end game. I'm going to skip down to verse 6, and we'll get to the middle part here in a minute. I'm going to read verse 6, actually in the, in, in the old King Jimmy because I think it, the first part of it is, is actually what God really intends. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. What's his end game? Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Mercy is compassion with action. And he wants the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. But this isn't just a head knowledge. Look, look, look. We live in suburbia, Bible Belt, America. The majority of people know that Jesus historically lived, historically died, and historically resurrected. However, it never gets any farther than here and travel down into their heart. Look, 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 look. The God of the universe, the God that created the sun, the God that created the moon, the God that created created the stars for us to enjoy the god that created the mountains the god that created the oceans the god that created the beaches whether you like the mountains or the oceans i'm a mountain guy you better you may be a mountain girl or a ocean girl yeah like my wife that's how that was supposed to come out but however you enjoy god's creation the one the one who created all of that, the one that lived on this earth, the one that died on the cross, the one that went to the grave, the one that resurrected from the grave, the one that ascended into heaven and now sits on the throne of heaven, alive still. That's the one that he wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. It's not about having a head knowledge. It is about having an experiential knowledge of him, an intimate knowledge of him a relationship knowledge of Him. Verse 2 even says it, so that we can live in His presence. Do you have a presence knowledge of God and of Jesus? That the same One that created everything is the One that we pray to. 
that we love God. But He wants the love of Him to lead us to love people more. We talked about this last week. If we are sowing the seeds of legalism, we will hate people more now than we did five years ago, especially people who do not look like us, believe like us, and act like us. But if we are planting the seeds of righteousness and we are seeking after Jesus and seeking after a relationship with Jesus, we will love people more today than we did five years ago, especially those who do not act like us, believe like us, and look like us. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. And if we are a follower of Jesus, we will look more like Jesus today than we were five years ago. And if we have more hatred towards people that do not look like us, act like us, and believe like us today, we need to repent about the sin of legalism and come back and find a relationship with Jesus. His end game is for us to love God and love people. But he has one more end game for us. Four through six. What am I going to do with you, Ephraim? What am I going to do with you, Judah? Parents, anybody been there? Either think or say out loud to your kids. What am I going to do with you? Anybody? Just me. Just NPA, me and PA, okay, all right. Debbie, yeah, Debbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your loyalty is like the morning mist. And like the early dew that vanishes. Parents, 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 anybody? Yesterday was awesome. You thought your kids loved you. You thought your kids would always obey you. And today they're hell on earth. Especially Sunday morning, right? The devil uh, walks around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour or just to inhabit your kids on Sunday morning. Or is it just the pastor's kid? We had two meltdowns this morning before we ever got here, all right? God understands as a parent. He's saying this to his own children. What am I going to do with you? You're with me one day. And then the next day, poof, you're gone. This is why I've used the prophets to cut them down. I have killed them with the words of my mouth. My judgment strikes like lightning. This may be where we get the God lightning bolt thing. And again, this is, this is so that we can recognize what our sin is doing to ourselves and severing the relationship we're supposed to have with God. Then he says, for I desire loyalty in that sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. God's end game for us is this. Don't play games. Don't play games. See, the do, the do is like, is, 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 you wake up and, 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 and maybe, maybe you've had a kid ask this. Did it rain last night? No, it just dude. Last night, you know, that doesn't really go into past tense real well, but it's just do. And as soon as the sun comes out, what happens to the dew? Gone. It looks like rain, acts like rain, but it's not. Does nothing to 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 replenish the ground. He's telling us, don't play games. I don't want sacrifice. I don't want you bulls. I don't want you doves. But God, you told us. No, I didn't want that. I wanted you. He doesn't want church attendance. He doesn't want Bible reading. He doesn't want prayer. 
He wants you. And all of those are just merely tools for us to find God and to know Him better and to find the relationship that He wants with us. He has a fierce love for us. And He doesn't want us to play games. Look all good, God. Look at me. Aren't I awesome? No. Stop playing games. Be real. Be real with your struggles. Love me with your struggles. Love me with your doubts and skepticism. Just ask Thomas. Love me with your fickleness. Just ask Peter. See, God, Jesus, did say, love me with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But you know what he said? Love me with your heart. Not Billy Graham's heart. Not somebody else's heart. Your heart. In the heart that you have right now. Love me with that. Love me with that and I'll make your heart stronger. That's all he asked. Is your heart struggling? Love him with that heart. Is your heart doubting? Love him with that heart. Is your heart skeptical? Send him your questions. Is your heart fickle? Love him with that heart. Don't promise him anything. Don't make vows. Just love him with the heart that you have. Don't play games. We've been following a fictional character or characters, Ben and Sarah. My my mother-in-law, when she was here a couple of weeks, she was like, is that a real story? No. Oh, man, that's, that's a bummer. And Ben and Sarah, um, Ben was a pastor's son and um, called into ministry and Sarah used to be a stripper. They married and had a few kids and then ended up, she went back to that lifestyle. But he went and rescued her with everything that he had, every, every dime that he had, he went and rescued her out of that. See, Sarah was dead. Not physically, but her presence was dead to her family. Her soul was dead to God. But she revived. Why? Because she had a husband who loved God and loved people and loved her. Every time that, that Ben thought that his love was, was, was vanishing for Sarah, he would go to God and he would revive that love that, 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 that Ben had for his wife. And as God led him into, back into that strip club to, to rescue his wife, it was because God did it. God led him there. And they were able to not play games and to be real about the hurts and the struggles and the, and the difficulties it was to, 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 to build life back from the depth. Do you want abundant life? Eternal life? 
infinity life. God loves you with a fierce love. So much so that He died on the cross for you to experience that life. If you have not been rescued by God out of your sin, the next step is simply to commit to Him. Not to commit to Africa. Not to commit to coming to church for the rest of your life. To tell Him, I simply want to hear and follow you. I invite you to commit your life to Jesus. Ask Him, to cleanse you and to forgive you. For those of you that have been rescued by God, He is rebuilding your life right now. As we speak, He's rebuilding your life. Lean into, demand, demand that life from God. Can I demand from God? He promised it. He promised it. And through the parables about prayer, (laughs) He shows us that we can demand things from Him. Demand life from Him. This abundant, eternal, infinity life. And then next week, this series is about how we give this life away. How He grows that life in us and how we give this life away as renegades. People that buck tradition and buck culture, but in order to impact culture as well. We pray to this God. We pray and worship this God that pushed all his chips into the center of the table to tell every one of us that he has a fierce love for us. Where are you with God? There will be people around the room desiring to pray with you so that you can meet this God that loves you fiercely. Worship and pray to this one who did everything to give you an abundant life, an eternal life, an infinity life. Let's pray. And Father, Lord, I thank you for the life that you give. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I, I barely even know what you're talking about. Captivate all of our hearts with this life. That we crawl into your throne room we grab you by the collar, or we grab you by the feet, or, 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 or what? It just demand, give me this life. Help us. Send a light through our soul this morning. So that we can find this relationship with you. It's your name we pray. Amen.